Please pray with me the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Lesson from the Old Testament, Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12. The river from the temple. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There, water was flowing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faced toward the east. And the water was coming out on the south side, going on eastward with the cord in his hand. The man measured 1,000 cubits, and then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured 1,000 and led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again, he measured 1,000, and he led me through the water, and it, and it was up to the waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Mortal, have you seen this? Then he led me back along the bank of the river. As I came back, I saw on the bank of the river a great many trees on the one side and on the other. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah. And when it enters the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, the water will become fresh. Wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish once these waters reach there. It will become fresh, and everything will live where the river goes. People will stand fishing beside the sea from Injeti to Eglium. It will be a place for the spreading of nets, and its fish will be of a great many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. On the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month. Because the water for them flows from the sanctuary, their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. The word of God for the people of God. I invite our children to come forward and to come meet me. I've got a special prop for this children's lesson. Awesome. There's so many of you. Thank you for coming up. Hey, y'all. We're overflowing. All right, friends, I have a question. Can anybody tell me what this is? It's a net. And what do you use a net for? 
to catch fish. That's exactly right. And this net's honestly so big, I could probably catch some of you if I wanted to scoop you up. Uh, what's cool about this net, too, is it's so tall that you can use it to walk. And so if you're walking in a river and it's kind of unsettled, you can walk. And so then when you catch a fish, you can scoop it up. What we heard the prophet sharing was this vision of a tiny little trickle of water. Do your faucets in your home ever trickle? You ever see like a, a trickle of water, maybe from your water bottle or anything like that? Just imagine the smallest little bit of water and the prophet sees that. And then as he follows down this river, the course of this river, he's walking with this guide and the river becomes so unstable and so full of life that he needed help walking. And then it continues where this river enters into the Dead Sea and brings about life in such a way that people from all over the surrounding area flock to go fishing. But what I want you to hear is that this vision of a river, yeah, please feel free to touch it. You're welcome to hold it if you want, it's pretty heavy. Um, this vision of a river is not just something that is happening like way out there or in times of old, but also this is a vision, <laughs> this is a vision of how God is at work in your life. And you want to hold it too? There you go. And in the smallest way possible, let's not cover each other up. Uh, in the smallest way possible, uh, you can bring about life and renewal in the world. Uh, and before we do any permanent damage, I'm going to pray for us. Because <laughs> wherever the river goes, everything will flow. Let's pray. Gracious God, I pray that you would be with these, the youngest disciples of our church that you would work in their lives in such wonderful and mysterious ways, that they would lead us all to grow up into Christ. Bless them in this moment of teaching. Might your truth sink deeply in their hearts. All of this we ask by your grace and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, I'm going to invite you to follow Shannon and Miss Maggie as y'all go to Children's Church. Thank you. Three, four, and five. Yeah. All right, friends, uh, I want to thank Henry for reading scripture and to remind all of you that we are in a year long reading of the Bible as we're finding our story in God's larger story. And I want to share with you something that is quite humorous. I learned this week, and that is that in ancient Jewish tradition, Ezekiel is a book so filled with long visions and allegories it's a book that at times is so graphic that apparently in ancient Jewish traditions, children were not to read it. And not only that, young preachers were not to preach from it for fear that they would confuse people. So we thought it would be perfect for the Sunday when children read and uh, the new preacher's first Sunday. So I would love your prayers with me in this moment. Gracious God, may the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Imagine with me a moment, a memory in your life that was so flooded with life that you knew that that is what it meant to be fully alive. A moment teeming with joy, so enriched by friendship, 
so profound in gratitude that again, you knew this must be life. Imagine it with me. For me, an image of a river actually comes to mind. Last summer, when we were on sabbatical, our family was traveling through Colorado and we oriented our whole trip around a one night stay in the quaint town called Buena Vista. It's in the Arkansas River Valley. And we splurged on getting a hotel room with a patio because we didn't want to be under hotel arrest. Uh, anybody who's ever traveled with young children, whether they be your own children, uh, family members' children, or friends' children, you know what hotel arrest is, right? It's when your kids go to sleep at 6.45, and this vacation night is spent with you in a pitch black room, sound machines blaring, looking at your phone for some source of freedom. We call it hotel arrest. I see some people nodding their heads. So we splurged on getting a room with a patio so that when the kids went to sleep, Kate and I could actually enjoy our vacation, right? Uh, here's the only part of the plan that went poorly. The kids didn't sleep. And so after countless efforts to direct their course towards sleep, uh, our curated vision of peace was so interrupted that we gave up and we decided to go on a stroll along the Arkansas River. The river was so filled with life. Trout rising in ripples to the evening catch of the, the caddis. Kayakers cutting through currents. Dogs paddling in plunge pools. Young and old gathering along this river of life. And I was filled with this incredible gratitude that this river that oriented the first 18 years of my life growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas, could bring such connection and joy 1,200 miles upstream and many chapters of life later. We imagined the perfect date night. We were directed to the river of life. Maybe that image for you of being fully alive involves a memory of a place or an experience or even the face of a special person. But maybe two, no memory, no image comes to mind. Maybe it is that you are so disconnected from life in this present moment that all you can see is the pain points of the present. All you can imagine is that empty chair at your dinner table, or the line of an answered text to a former friend, the scan that came from the doctor and the report that followed. Maybe all you can see is the dried up rivers of our own planet, the scenes of violence from Ukraine and from Nashville this previous March. And if that's where you are today, struggling to imagine what it means to be fully alive, I want you to hear this clearly. You're in a privileged place because you're in the company of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is the prophet of exile who ministers amidst despair and drought and death. Pastor Carol has been leading us through the ministry of Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we've been talking about how the Babylonians came and they destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed the wall. They destroyed the temple and they even captured a number of the people of Jerusalem, the creative and intellectual class of that great city, and they led them to Babylon. 
Ezekiel was one of those in that first deportation from Jerusalem to Babylon. And we learned that in chapter 33, the most persistent question the people of Israel are asking him is this. How do we live? How do we live without the temple? How do we live without our land? How do we live without our family of faith? How do we live in a season that feels so without God? And 25 years into his ministry with the people of Israel in exile, God gives him this vision of a gloriously restored temple that we heard Henry read the very end of. It's actually a vision that lasts seven chapters. It begins in chapter 40, and Ezekiel describes all the different nooks and crannies of this temple, all the details and dimensions before he finally gets to noticing a spring, a tiny trickle from the temple's foundation. And his guide leads him to walk in this spring when it's something that you can hardly notice to then something that you can easily walk over to then something that you need a waiting staff to go through then to a river that cannot be crossed. And this river is so abundant in life that even as it goes to the driest and most decayed of desert lands, fruit trees whose fruit is healing, pop up on both banks. This river is so full of life that when it enters into the Dead Sea, the seas are such teeming with fish in such a way that fishermen are, are flocking from all over to come and cast the line. And the saints of the church have directed our hope and guided our reading to see Ezekiel's vision of this great river of life activated in that promise of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, when he was preaching in the Festival of Booths in John's Gospel, and he says, Come to me, all you who are thirsty. All you who believe in me, drink. For truly, I tell you, as the Scriptures say, out of the believer's heart, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. A river of life flowing not just from the foundations of a place, but from a person and from a people who find life in him. God's grace and goodness spilling out of the details and drama of our own daily lives. A promise for renewal and revival for all who are thirsty, all who are desperate all who cannot imagine life right now. That is the prophet's call, and that is the promise of Jesus as we find life in the Holy Spirit. The conversion of our imagination to see life in all people, in all places, in every imaginable situation. I know that word conversion is one that is loaded, and it is potentially triggering for some of you. Uh, religious folks, we, we tend to have a habit of trying to shrink the goodness of God into something that we can use to control ourselves and to control others. But we shouldn't shy away from that word because it is at the heartbeat of what it means to be Methodist, to be Wesleyan. It's at the heartbeat of John Wesley's 
whole vision for spiritual formation, this work you've trusted me to steward as your pastor of spiritual formation. Because John Wesley believed that we should be a people who are living into God's constant conversion until we are perfected in love of God and love of neighbor. Put a less churchy way, we all have got some growing up to do in Jesus Christ. We've all got some growing up to do. Young and old, those who are new to faith and deeply rooted, those who are experiencing abundant life right now, and those of us who feel dry and empty in an exiled land, God's Holy Spirit in the flow of God's love and mercy and justice is moving through all of us. And this is the power of God to convert despair into hope and isolation into beloved community, apathy into selfless love. If we allow God's Spirit to flow in us and through us, and we don't block it, or we don't pull it just for ourselves and our own blessing and our own future, but we go where it sends us and we allow it to connect us to the people that we probably never thought we would be connected to. And the fruit of this constant conversion God works in us and through us, friends, it's simple. The fruit of this is healing and wholeness. It's an invitation to a more integrated self and a deeper rest in your beloved identity. It's a way of undercutting the demands of our time for performance and production and the projection that you have it all together. The fruit of this healing is the renewal of beloved community. That God's spirit is able to flow beyond the algorithms of our day and connect us not in our own curated communities of reality, but with God's people and those Jesus says in the Beatitudes are truly happy. It leads us to see not only the desperate needs of our neighbors, but also our desperate need for them. The fruit of this healing is a vision and commitment to justice that gives us this undaunted courage to keep showing up, to keep protesting, to keep saying this is not okay and something's got to change, even in the face of incredible resistance, because we know that God's justice is like a river that cuts canyons through impenetrable mountains of stone. The constant conversion of our imagination to see connection and meaning and beauty in all people, in all places, in every imaginable situation. Until all of creation, all of creation is raised up to life in Christ. Uh, that's the work of a lifetime we call spiritual formation. And all that is needed from you is an openness and humility to go as God directs, an openness and a humility to go with the flow. For truly the gospel is this, friends. Wherever the river flows, everything, everything will live. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.